Your number one nighttime news team is back with an interview with Ms. Adrienne Barbeau of John Carpenter's The Fog and Escape from New York. Enjoy. Well, thank you so much. Um, so uh, where are you calling in from, Adrian? I'm in uh, the Los Angeles area, Studio City. Oh, oh awesome. Oh, are, have you had to deal with any uh, fires or anything over there? No, not not where we are. Okay. Um, some really heavy winds a couple of nights ago, like 50, 60 miles an hour, but, uh, oh. but no fires yet. Oh, good. Yeah. Had some bad fires out here recently. Yeah, that yes. was a ways yeah. away from us, so luckily we weren't, we weren't over there. But... All right, well, let's get okay. into this, huh? Yeah, you get started? Yeah. I would just rather chit-chat. <laughs> <laughs> I can chit-chat. We'll chit-chat. <laughs> okay. Um, hello, welcome to Tales from the Rift. My name is Jen. I play news reporter August Potts on the Scripted Portable podcast. Uh, and I'm John. I write and produce the Scripted podcast. Uh, and today's interview is sponsored by Cocalero. Discover your ritual. Um, today, we have a special guest coming through the Rift as we continue our Women of Horror interview series. She is a famed actress who's been in many films and TV shows, including The Fog, Escape from New York, Creep Show, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, Swamp Thing, also celebrating the 40th anniversary, Hellblazers that just came out this year, and the list goes on. Please welcome Miss Adrienne Barbeau. Hi. How are you today? I'm okay. <laughs> And uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate this. You're definitely our uh, biggest star so far. Okay. <laughs> on our show. Well, thank so, you. No, no pressure. He's definitely <laughs> been starstruck. He loves all those movies. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do your first um, question. Okay, I'm going to start with some questions. Um, some of your most famous roles, like Stevie Wayne or Maggie from Escape from New York, are strong, kick-ass characters. In the 80s, when most female characters in horror films needed to be saved, you were really, a, uh, you were never really like a damsel in distress. Uh, as women roles in horror have changed over the years, you were one of the actresses who helped usher in a new era. Um, so I wanted to ask, is this a quality that you look for in a role or a script? I like think it's maybe, maybe it's a quality that the script that the role finds in me um, yeah. and it probably predated the horror films i mean my first broadway show i played huddle in uh, fiddler on the roof and she's the daughter that leaves the family and goes to siberia to be with her revolutionary you yeah. know fellow and then i went on to greece and of course rizzo is you know the the kick-ass yeah, awesome. And and even the role on Maud was pretty, you know, pretty stand up. But I think it probably started with The Fog. Actually, it started with a, a, another John Carpenter film called Someone's Watching Me, mm -hmm. a, a horror film that was done for television. Okay. Um, because John, having seen me on Maud or in something else, uh, realized that I sort of had that quality that he looked for for his women characters. He used to call it the uh, Howard Hawks woman, 
you know, the the Betty Bacall, Lauren Bacall, and and uh, Catherine Hepburn woman who was strong, maybe sometimes funny, but she didn't. She took no prisoners, you know. <laughs> And so he cast me in Someone's Watching Me and then in The Fog. And I think from then on, it was sort of established. I would answer your question sort of backwards in that if I get an offer for a role and the character is a victim or she's an airbrain, <laughs> or, uh, which and I don't get those kinds of roles often <laughs> offered uh, very often, or she's, you know, she can't take care of herself. I'm not too interested. I'm not. A, I won't be as good at it. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Um, I come from a a long line of strong women who took care of business. <laughs> yeah, it would be really hard to sort of if you're just like innately a strong woman to suddenly be like, oh, help me. It would feel so unnatural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do it again. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> um, uh, do you have someone that uh, inspired you to get into this sort of role for horror films? No, not really. In fact, uh, until I was, until I until I read the script for The Fog, I had never even, well, no, that's not true. Until I saw Halloween uh, in an early screening, the night that John, uh, John and I announced our engagement, I had never seen a horror film. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, horror, I'm not uh, a horror fan. I love to do them, um, but I don't like to watch them. And so, no, there was no one I had never, I think I remember watching Donovan's Brain when I was young. Uh, I don't think there were any women in that. There was just a brain, if I, you know, in a, in a box or something. Um, but no, if anything, I, I never had um, idols or, or, you know, people that I wanted to emulate, but in the mid sixties, I was, a, 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 I mean, and still am. I mean, I thought Sophia Loren was, was brilliant, you know, two women and, uh, and everything she did. Um, and there were a couple of European actresses uh, in Paul Verhoeven films, uh, but no, I didn't. I, I didn't grow up watching movies, and I didn't grow up watching TV, so I, I wasn't really thinking in those terms. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Unless it was like a book or something, you know, yeah. I that it was based on. Do you, oh, you know, I was gonna say I like that answer more than what I expected. Yeah, like it makes you even more badass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I am inspired. Yeah, I am inspired. <laughs> I'm like you know? <laughs> Well, maybe it was my grandmother or my aunt or my mother. You know, my grandmother, uh, you know, escaped from our. She came over from Armenia when she was during the pogroms and. Uh, 
and she survived. And uh, so I don't know. <laughs> some I, some of it is I think in the genes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> like if you grow up around that, it just seems yeah. normal. Yeah. It's just that's how that's how I am. You know, that's how I was raised. Um, do you think it's important to, to represent women as fighters in film or specifically horror films? Is it important? Well, yeah. I, certainly, I certainly think, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful time for a young woman to be going through her teens and her 20s because there are so many strong role models, you know. Uh, we've almost reached parity, it seems like, if you, you know, so many of the things that they're that we're seeing on on television and in film, it's the woman that's you know that's the hero hero yeah. heroine but you know heroine but um, so yeah it's important I mean we've still got a lot of battles to fight especially in Texas mm -hmm. but that's another story yeah. yeah that's true <laughs> yeah I think it is important especially for like the younger generation you know they see they see that it's normal now. I, I saw somewhere someone was saying how she's a um, how she's a scientist, and when she uh, told her daughter that one of her coworkers was a man, her daughter's like, "Men can be scientists too." <laughs> it's just that shift. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so I have a question that kind of leads into, so we talked about how you were in some strong roles, you know, for John Carpenter's movies. Uh, you, know him, you know him personally, so could you give us an insight into this? Um, do you consider John to be a partner or ally for strengthening female representation in films? Like, did he talk to you about that? Like, did he really want to kind of change the game a little bit? John, John, at least when, when working for him and when we were together, was not interested in making any kind of social comments. Okay. He was interested in making people have a visceral experience, you know, making them jump, making them frightened. You know, he wasn't, he was never on a political uh, soapbox. Okay. And so, but he was just drawn to that kind of, that kind of character, that kind of woman, a woman who was strong. Yeah. Uh, so more than that, you'd have to ask him. And I haven't seen a lot of his later, his later work. I mean, I think one of my favorites of John's was Starman, you know, uh, and there was a parody there, I think, between Jeff Bridges and um, Karen Allen. Um, but whether or not it was a conscious socio-political choice, I don't know, and I don't, I don't think so. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. It's probably just like, like you said, he was just drawn to it, and people are still drawn to it. That strong lead character yeah. so yeah i can see that yeah that's what i was getting at i just yeah. wanted to know if he had talked about like you know a purposeful 
you know, changing of the, you know, characters for women and how they were portrayed or not. No. no. Or maybe you strong arm arm dementia. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not just gonna die. <laughs> um so it's the 40th anniversary of Swamp Thing and Creep Show this year. Um we were wondering if you had any like special experiences or anything unique working with the late uh Wes Griffin or George Romero. Wes Craven. Sorry, <laughs> with Raven or George Romero. Yeah, they um, they passed away recently. Rest in peace. But if there were any, uh, if there's anything about those films that that really stand out to you for your experience. Well, Swamp Thing was a very difficult shoot. Um, I write about it in my memoir. There are worse things I could do <laughs> in the me memoir, um, because it was under budgeted and Wes really had his hands full. He had written a, a beautiful screenplay um, which he had to desecrate it in many ways. He had to throw out entire scenes and get rid of entire characters and everything because the, the studio kept showing up and pulling the money out from under him. At one point, I got on the set and we didn't have a makeup trailer because they hadn't paid the rent on the makeup trailer. So Swamp Thing was not an easy, was not an easy shoot. And um, the fact that it became so successful is a real tribute to, to Wes's talent. Yeah, and being absolutely. able to, to take, to work within the confines of what he had to work with. George was, uh, I fell in love with George the day I met him and he was like, <laughs> it's funny because he was only a couple of years older than I was, but I always thought of George as, you know, my daddy. <laughs> I mean, he, was my, he was just this wonderful, big teddy bear of a man, uh, you know, sort of a hippie jazz musician kind of guy and who I, I just, I loved and continue to love throughout his life. And, um, and would have gone anywhere at any time for no money to work with him again. I just, I really love George. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of all his, uh, like, Living Dead films, you know, that whole universe, and I, I kind of wish I would have been able to interview him. Meet him, yeah. Yeah, somehow. But, I, yeah, that's really great to hear that you had such great experiences with them. Really, it's really promising. Yeah, encouraging. Oh yeah, and you were you were in uh, the show reboot. Uh, oh yes, the television series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. How did how was it different working with uh, Greg Nicotero? Did you get to work with him at all? Yes, Greg directed the episode that I yeah. did, uh, and. I may have met him back in the 80s when we were doing uh, Creep Show. Uh, he was just getting started and getting started in makeup, you know, and I know he, he, he was around. Um, but I had no idea uh, what to expect once I got on the set. And he was great to work with. He was a, a really fine director. We were working with a young boy who I don't know if he'd ever acted before in his life. And Greg 
really knew how to deal with him and get what he wanted out of him. And I knew within minutes of our starting to film that I could trust him. And I did. And it was a very nice experience. Unfortunately, the character wasn't, you know, she wasn't as great and as interesting and as great fun as Billy in, in the original Creep Show, but I was really glad I got to do it. And I got to work with Tobin Bell, who I had done two projects. I, we did a uh, Criminal Minds together where we played incestuous brother and sister. <laughs> and uh, we did another horror film, which I name of it I can't even remember. <laughs> Sorry. Is it kind of like surreal to, you know, 40 years later, go back to doing something that was so famous in your career? It was um, because there wasn't really, there was no correlation except the fact that it was part of an anthology yeah. television series as opposed to an anthology film. There really wasn't any correlation to, to the original movie. Um, so I just approached it like, well, I'm doing another, you know, guest star on a, on a TV series. Oh, and on the on that original creep show movie, you had like that monster at the end that gets you, like that baboon-looking thing, right? Yeah. Well, did Tom so Savini do that? Tom Savini did that. Yes. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. They did called you, him Fluffy. Him? They called him Fluffy. They called him Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. That's just, that's what he was called, Fluffy. Not Tom, but the, the monster. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant Tom. I was like, no, what? No, 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 not Tom, not Tom, not Tom, the monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be a pretty terrifying fluffy, you know? I think that, like, <laughs> like razor blade knife teeth and everything. Your pet, your pet fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, you just made, you know, Hellblazers, which is streaming on Tubi. It's kind of like a, a comedy horror featuring yourself and a few more horror legends, you know, Meg Foster, Tony Todd, Billy Zane, you know, and in the movie, you guys are killing these demonic cultists and there's a monster from hell on the loose. What is, what is the funniest or most bizarre story you can tell us from on that set? Oh, <laughs> you know, we filmed that before the pandemic. Oh. And um, <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> Except that I just watched it for the first time because I just heard that, uh, you know, uh, that it, it is now available on Tubi. And um, you didn't mention Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern is, is really funny in it. Billy Zane and Bruce Dern are just delightful in it. Um, but it's been at least two and a half years since we filmed it. And I, I think I probably only did three or four days, you know, it was a low budget horror film. It's, it's not bad, but, and it is funny, but yeah. I don't have any stories for you. <laughs> what about when you were watching it for the first time? Did, did anything stand out to you as like, oh, wow, didn't realize that was going to happen. I didn't expect it to be as witty or as tongue in cheek as it was, especially in the beginning of the film. Uh, and so that was, that came as a surprise and, uh, an enjoyable one. Yeah. Bruce Dern and Billy Zane, I feel like 
I would want to go drinking with those guys, you know, like they'd be hilarious to hang out with. (laughs) Had you worked with uh, like Meg Foster or any of the other cast members before this film? You know, I know Meg, but I think that I know her. I think that we met, I don't think we've ever worked together. I think we may have done a horror convention. And then um, I was cast in a film that uh, I didn't end up doing. And and it was a last minute thing where they needed someone to replace me. And I mean, I think she's such a good actress that, I recommended Meg for that, and but I don't think we ever worked together. And actually, we didn't work together on Hellblazers. I we didn't have any, <laughs> we weren't on the set at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, looking at all of your successes and experiences in the industry, what advice can you offer women who are p- pursuing a career in the horror genre? Well, I think it's, you know, the most important thing is to learn your craft. I mean, to, if it means taking classes or doing, uh, you know, really, really like student films or low budget films so that you can understand the medium and, and learn how to act. (laughs) That's the most important thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I also think it's important to know yourself, whether that's through therapy or meditation or whatever techniques you know you use for self exploration. Because the more you know yourself, the more accessible your emotions are, the uh, easier it is to access them. The more you understand what it is you're doing when you walk into an audition, you might be bringing something in that doesn't belong there because you just got angry at your boyfriend or something, or you don't think you belong there because you're better than all these people. And you know, you need to, I, I, I believe in, in, getting healthy, I guess, and, uh, and, and learning your craft. I mean, so many people these days come to it, I think, through some other angle, whether it's internet celebrity or, you know, social media or something like that, and they show up and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, yeah. <clears throat> I wouldn't know what I was doing either. <laughs> okay, so I, I have one really weird request, if you can do it. <laughs> she doesn't want me to ask this, but I'm gonna ask it anyways, because I'll hate myself if I don't ask it. Okay, I'm, I'm a huge fanboy of the fog, okay? <laughs> so I was hoping, could you say a line for me from the fog? From the fog, or do you want a, a line to promote 
your um, your your podcast. See, that's what I'm getting at. I actually want a line uh, to promote the podcast as Stevie Wayne. What's the line? Okay, so you, could you say, "This is Stevie Wayne broadcasting from Portalville to the ships at sea, who can hear my voice? Look across the water into the darkness." <laughs> All right, let's try it. We may have to try it more than once. Sure. <laughs> This is Stevie Wayne broadcasting from Porterville to the ships across the sea who can hear my voice. Look into the darkness. Is that enough? <laughs> Was there more? It sounded good. No, that's good. Did you like it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm a huge fan of fog, so I really wanted to have you do something from it. So. Great. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that was like awesome. made my day. <laughs> well, great. Okay. And then I think that was all of the questions that we had for you. Um, did you have any anything else you wanted to add? Actually, I've got a couple of things coming up that I wouldn't mind promoting. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. I have, uh, well, there is another uh, film that I did, again, right before the pandemic, but it's just gotten its release and it's um i think it's available on all the major streaming channels and that's called unearth i did that film with mark lucas okay. from from buffy the vampire slayer and uh the hbo series that i love so much which the name i can't remember now uh and it's a it's an interesting it's a sort of a drama horror film about fracking. It's an ecological drama horror film. And I'm, um, I was really happy with the work in that. I just finished filming. I don't, it'll be a while before it comes out, but I, I think it's gonna be good. Uh, a film called Demon Destroyer. And my latest book will be out July, no, June 7th, called Grease, Tell Me More, Tell Me More. <laughs> It's, uh, I, I, I co-authored, co-edited this book. It is a collection of um, stories and memories from more than 100 actors who appeared in the original Broadway show and in the national companies. Uh, everyone from Travolta to Mary Lou Henner to uh, uh, Jeff Conaway and... Uh, many, many people that you will recognize and people you won't. And it's uh, it's sort of a really wonderful book, coffee table book with photographs that have never been seen. And so that's available for pre-order on Amazon. <laughs> and then I just did, although it came and went pretty fast, uh, I, I guested on uh, Cowboy Bebop, which is on Netflix right now. And that's the latest. Wow, you've been really busy. Yeah, you're like, that's just no, just a couple things. Let me see, like a hundred more. Getting it done. Wow. And books. Yeah. So, thank you very much. It was nice to talk to you both. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're gonna have to check out those movies for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, check out Unearth. Unearth. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna be doing another one in uh, February or March, but. We'll talk about that one later. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and all of the information and, and insights that you were able to provide us. We really Great. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stay warm <laughs> and thank safe. You.
Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed that interview, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts.